listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to Episode 70 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Welcome to another episode of the movie podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Hassan Godwin and Latham Conger III. Our guest tonight is an award-winning artist and writer, co-creator of X-Men Noir for Marvel Comics, and the devil ins- and not the, just devil inside, with previous sentimental guest, Todd Stashwick. He is currently writing and illustrating a graphic novel for Storm King Comics. Dennis Calero, welcome to Cinemental. Thank you. It's very nice to be here to talk about what's two of my faves of all time. I can't wait to get into those. But uh, first, (laughs) as uh, anyone who listens to this show knows, we must suffer. Suffer from consumption. Uh, Who wants to go first, Latham or Hassan? Uh, I'll I'll go first. I don't really have anything. Uh, I've been uh, trying to finish my project. So basically, I watched... uh, Friday. Friday, I watched uh, Clarice, the, the, oh, the premiere oh. of Clarice. How was it? You and four million other people watched it. They were hammering it online, I think. Uh, well, I was waiting to see what Hassan said. But <laughs> How was the it's pilot? A, it's got legs. I don't know. You think uh, so? We'll see. Because it, ta- we'll it see. starts off a year after Mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, it does. But they can never mention that. They can't say the word Hannibal. That's correct. No. So dumb. Cotter people petty. I'm being hunted by the guy's name rhymes with Schmanable. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after that, I saw Wanda. I watched WandaVision on Friday. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Equalizer on Sunday. How was uh, the Equalizer? The old one with Edward Woodward? I'm hesitant to say anything with this crowd. Um, yeah. <laughs> Snowpiercer on Monday. Uh, finished the Cecil Hotel, which I guess we'll discuss on yes. the same night. And uh, then I said, like, I, as I was telling uh, uh, Steve and Dennis uh, Latham, I fell down a rabbit hole called uh, Blame It On Jorge. It's a, it's a YouTube channel that's uh, about a bunch of about crazy stuff. Blame It On Jorge? Yeah. And it's, you know, like missing person stuff. Also, uh, you know, uh, strange deep dives into, you know, old, old Internet entries and, you know, cool. old, old sites and all kinds of stuff like that. And then there's there's a there's exposés on old TV shows like from from the 90s. It's it's uh, awesome. it's kind of crazy. It was kind of crazy. And that took up a lot of my time. And then the rest of it I spent. <laughs> Uh, writing and doing other things like that so how, how many episodes, mention, how, how many episodes of that are there does he have do you know he, there's at least 20 oh you okay. know and they're and they're they're lengthy you know they're they're some of them are as short as maybe uh 25 minutes but they can go up to about two hours oh you know okay. so they're, cool. they're 
They're excessive. Did they uh, they mention '90s TV shows? There are '90s TV shows. They like keep oh, and some of them like you know mostly stuff from Nickelodeon that kind of oh, stuff. Okay, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna wait to, to for to react to uh, the Clarice thing. I'm a huge fan of the book um, and the series in and of itself. Get I watched. More, gonna consume a little more before you make a judgment. Yeah. Okay. I watched uh, all of Hannibal and uh, the the TV show, and mm-hmm. I've seen all the movies. I've read all the books, and so I'm just I'm just gonna see how this goes. And then how's the gonna... lead actress? It's. <sighs> Is it hard to separate her from you're Jody? So, you're so enthusiastic about her performance that you're 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 verklempt. You can't speak. Well, I, I keep saying <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. You guys keep asking me questions. <laughs> no, 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 don't, so, don't talk about it. Don't talk. Just tell us how many well, tracking no. shots were in the initial episode, Hassan. <laughs> and you've been black hatted. Oh, black hatted. I guess it's my turn then. There you go. Okay. Well. Uh, stop me if uh, you've heard this one before, Hassan. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, uh, uh, what did I watch this week? I watched three films. Well, I mean, besides the two we were watching for the podcast tonight, one of which I've seen probably 50 times, 75 times. Um, I, uh, I watched three movies. The first was a movie called You Were Never Really Here. Oh, the Joaquin mm. Phoenix, right? It's Joaquin Phoenix. Is um, it good? The director, so I guess. enthusiasm is- tonight. The, the the director uh, her name is something Lynn or Lynn something. Uh, it's terrible that I'm not referencing her right right now. But um, Steve will look it up while I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, she has a very distinct style in how she tells the story, like one I haven't seen before. So that was interesting and enough, almost. But the problem is it's Lynn Ramsey. Lynn Ramsey, correct. And it's not a it's not it's not just like joker but he's playing a character very similar to what he plays in joker oh and the plot holes start coming just start flying free uh (laughs) over the end of the Mm. film and they start to betray the substance and style of the movie so that's always fun when that happens and i really like how she directs and i guess her big one that she did that everyone consensus loves is uh we have to talk about kevin which i have right haven't that's a good i like that movie i was actually gonna say more Vern caller but uh yeah, oh no, yeah I, I mean that 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 too i want to see her other movies now okay uh, just for the style but but this i think was a miss by the end there's a really needless thing that happens at the end for shock value and it's oh. it, it it really it really just betrays a lot that came before it and exactly what comes after it. So uh, that mm. bothered me and I thought it hurt the film a lot. It's based on a book. Yeah. So maybe the book fucked it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but um, it would be hard in the book. It'd be very hard to convey what, well, whatever. I won't say anymore. I must spoil it, but uh, do what you gotta do. That was one. Uh, second movie was uh, high tension. Uh, a horror oh, the, movie. The, the French horror film. Yeah, which oh, I hmm. wanted to see for a while. Okay. And similar to this, uh, the plot twist at the end of this movie is way too unbelievable and, and nearly ruins, nearly ruins this movie. Mm. There's ah. a scene, there's a scene at the beginning that makes no sense based on the plot twist for shock value. And Steve will right. know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the first scene in the movie where you know something bad is happening mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the plot twist. And it's 
it's it's bad it's bad it's not because, when the guy's sitting in the truck yes exactly okay. it's stupid and <laughs> the suspense is great the middle chunk of the movie is great the acting is great the gore is nuts but again the story the the twist just it just doesn't make sense and uh little you know, little uh little trivia the girl who played not the main girl not cecile de france but the other girl her friend the brunette yes. the long yes. hair yeah, that was the actress who played the diva Plava Laguna in Fifth Element. Yes, correct. Yeah, I saw oh. that. I May Wen Labesco. Yeah, she's she's interesting. All the actors are fine in it. It's yes, yeah, Cecile de France is great in it. She is really good. It's and it's suspenseful. It's really suspenseful. It's just you didn't you, like the twist. You need a better. You need a better explanation at the end. I'm not. I'm not buying it. Okay. Uh, and the last movie I saw. I'll be very surprised if anyone here has seen it. It's the movie that landed Malcolm McDowell, his role in the clockwork orange. Does anyone know what it was? It was de- his debut film. If oh, I'll yeah. know the name when you say it, but I won't, I won't know it's it. Not, Star Trek it. generation. Yes. I've seen if. You have seen if that's yes. awesome. What is it? If it's if. called if dot, 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 dot. Oh, it's, okay. Uh, I was close. It's about a uh, boys school in England. Uh, it's a very English movie. It's directed by Lindsay Anderson, who did uh, different movies. The, mo- the last one he did, I think, was The Whales of August, uh, 1987 or something. He did other ones, too. But this is a very subversive movie for its time. It mixes black and white. I'm, I'm sorry, black and white and color filming a drop dead gorgeous actress in this movie that comes out of nowhere into the plot in the middle of it, just really naked. Yeah. (laughs) Naked at one point for a dream sequence, but it's, I mean, it's basically about these boys who are causing problems at a school and then they decide to just do something really bad at the end of it. But it's, it's unique and it's great. It's for its time. It must've been like similar to uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf and, uh, the incident that we watched the other week, it, this one just comes out of nowhere and just gets you with scene after scene. Uh, it's fantastically acted. It's easy to see why Malcolm McDowell landed the role in uh, A Clockwork Orange because of it. Uh, but it's it's well worth finding. I, I got it on disc from uh, whatever Netflix's disc company is now. I think they're called DVD.com. But um, uh, yeah. So, that film was originally released uncut in the U.S. with an X rating. Correct. And in England, they had to cut, they allowed some female nudity in the movie as long as they cut out the front male frontal nudity. And now the final version <laughs> is allowed. Yeah. It's, it's a nudity, nudity trade, basically. So, yeah, I watched those three movies. And then uh, we started watching last night uh, the miniseries on Netflix, Don't Fuck with Cats. And oh. It's just fantastic. I mean, you, it's better to say nothing about it and you just go watch it. I, I hear it's kind of a touch, a tough watch. It's it, the first two for the first two sections were a real tough watch, but it's so slick. It's very mm. slick and very they're very symbolic with the images they show as they talk. They relate them all, mm. uh, all the images of the stuff that's happening on the computer. I never understand how they film that so well. It must be really good sound editing or whatever, but that tells half the story. It's uh, it's brilliant. We can't. We're gonna finish it tomorrow. We can't wait. Uh, and if you don't know the story, you just you just can't believe where it goes by the end of the second hour. Has anyone seen it, Stevie? No, I have not watched it. Hassan, oh, you got you guys. You'll love it. You'll you'll both love it. I know. I know. When it came out, there was a lot of buzz around it. Uh, people were talking about it quite a bit. 
And then uh, as in typical fashion, it kind of faded away. But uh, there were some comments made about it that made me not want to watch it, at Mm. least initially. Never exploitive, not 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 even once exploitive. Okay, it just tells the story, not even with sound. There's no exploitation with sound or, or vision. They just explain when there's something awful happening, they explain it through context or narrative and of, or of uh, mm. narration. And it's very what tactfully done in that respect. They, they exploit nothing. It's rough to know what's going on. Yeah. But by the end of the second episode, you're like, oh, my God, how in the world did this happen? And how in the world does this end? That's where we're at right now. It's, That's great. It's, it's really real well told. OK. And then lastly, um, and that movie is like thematically it's the antithesis of what we're going to talk about now. And that's uh, the Cecil hotel uh, crime scene documentary, which I think uh, I, Hassan and Steve are going to disagree with me on this from, from uh, singular comments on text, but I thought it was brilliant. I thought the ending of it, the last hour where everything reverses and they basically give a big fuck you to everybody and say, Hey, wake up, look at what you're doing. And then have the people that were involved kind of admit they were wrong. Uh, I think it's it's just fantastic. So uh, I'll let you guys counter that. But uh, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, Den- Dennis saw it as well. So obviously he oh, can. Okay, I'm he sorry, can Dennis did too. That's good. Yeah, he 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 saw it also. Yeah, I Maybe three I, against one here. I didn't. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. I didn't. I didn't know this story. Deirdre knew the whole thing going in. She she. Uh, the, I did too. She knew I, the whole story. I did not. I knew nothing. I had not heard anything about this, but strangely enough, uh, I had re- we had recently watched a horror movie based around the footage from the elevator. Correct. But it, 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 that it, called? It, it took the story in an entirely different direction. It had nothing to do with her disappearance other than her disappearance from the, from the elevator. So it just took the images of the elevator that extrapolated yes. the story. Extrapolated the story. Is it about the, the, the footage? It's about the elevator game, right? Yes. Movie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But that'd be amazing if they incorporated that footage into the movie or did they make their own? I think footage? they made their own because okay. there was yeah, a different, a, there was a sequence. Yeah, because that's in like seriously ele- poor taste. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Point. Once you see the documentary. Yeah. I mean, that's, good point. Really um, yeah. I, I was on board with it until probably halfway through the third episode. And then Hmm. I just felt like it started just to get as this typical fashion with, with many of the Netflix true crime documentaries. I think they, I think they feel the need to expand these out to a minimum of four episodes. And I feel like that sometimes they're adding stuff in that they could easily edit out and, and, and make these either two or three hours. Now I did see that this is Joe Berlinger directed, this, which I was really surprised by on the first episode. Hey, there were some big names attached producer wise, but to see his name as a director. Yeah, it was cool. I thought it was cool. You know, I mean, and that that just lends to, you know, the quality of what you're seeing, how it was put together and all that is fine. Now, the big twist, if you want to call it at the end, when it basically comes down to the fact that that the whole reason all everything, everything that everyone had built, all of these conspiracy theories and all this other shit on and everything else was all based on a fact that the that basically it was a piece of information that the cops purpose purposefully left out. Was hysterical. Hmm. but i mean it really was one big thing yeah it did it yep yep 
And I just, you know, it was one piece of information that the cops didn't report, you know, and whether it was by uh, uh, purposeful or, you know, or or a, a mistaken omission in the reporting of the story. What, what I found more interesting about this was having run across enough people like this on the web and YouTube channels and everything else who do this stuff all the time. I actually thought there is a really... There's a really cool documentary waiting to be made out there about the web sleuthing community. Mm, yes, I agree. hundred uh, percent. That's don't fuck with cats. <laughs> oh, oh okay. I mean, okay. That's what it's about. That's All right. Well, good. Then, then so I will... far, that's, that's what it's about. And it's, it's really in depth of how, well, can't say anymore, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So go on. I, I, I just, I just felt like we get to the end and the, the, the piece of information they give you, you're like, okay. But then like you, like you said, I didn't take it so much as them basically, you know, as a, as a thumb to the nose to all these web sleuths who had built all this, you know, traffic up and had fucked over this, this death metal guy's life because of, uh, you know, uh, coincidence and things that they had put together based on information that they didn't have, you know, again, I mean, but that's, that's life on the internet. I mean, that's just, yeah. the, I mean, we see it every, anyone who's on the internet for any lengthy period of time sees this kind of crap all the time. You know, yep. that's just the way fucking people I know. I are. think that's what they're saying is that it's not good. They're saying that that's a problem that, I mean, it, it's been, to me, I took it as a F you to the entire Trump community. That's how it felt. It felt like they're saying, Hey, you can make up whatever you want, but in the end there's truths that are hurting people. If you don't, find out what the actual truth of, of any situation or event is. So uh, I, th I think it's a little, a little bit of a stretch to connect it there, but I mean, I, that's, that, if that's the way you want to connect it, that's, that's up to you. Well, I mean, I think he means like the QAnon stuff, right? That, that how. Yeah. I would say anything, but. The, the phenomenon, uh, you know, whether you want to connect it to QAnon specifically, but just the general phenomenon of people being able to create, uh, their own realities and find dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of people to live that reality with them uh, is troubling. It's troubling. Uh, it is. You know, uh, the fact that there's the fact that there are people who literally believe that on January, that on uh, the day of the inauguration, uh, Trump was going to show up and arrest a bunch of people, and afterwards be public like, execution. Like Thanos, right? And they're and the, and the people actually believe that this was going to happen. It's troubling. It's scary. Uh, they think it's happening so, again in March. They yeah, think it's, it's happening it's, again. It's, it's so dis. And so whether it's politics or not, it, you know, you know, when I, I I tell people when people look back on this era and they examine everything that's gone wrong. I think what they're going to find, or I think what they're going to conclude is that there was a period of time before the internet where every town or community had that one crazy guy. He just lived in a basement with his mom and everyone knew that he was nuts, but it's just hairy. He's fine. Just to kind of yeah. go ignore him. You're all going to die. And now <laughs> those people can all connect to each Absolutely. other Absolutely. and start voting. And that's terrifying. And yeah. And, and I don't and, know. And I don't know what the solution to that's going to be. That's a good, that's, uh, that's a great vigilance, point. vigilance want, against them. That's it. What I wanted to add about hotel Cecil is I thought it was, I thought that it was a very interesting look at the, the idea of containment and the idea of marginalizing uh, you know, people of color, people, uh, poor people, people with real mental health and 
uh, uh, substance addiction problems and just say, we're going to just keep them all in yeah. skid row in this one area. Uh, and I thought that was a really good examination of, of that and very interesting and eye-opening because there's, you know, LA has a certain, has this um, reputation and this image yep. in people's minds. And, uh, and, I, and I was yelling at the, at the couple, the English couple that was coming to come stay in downtown LA. And I was like, <laughs> no, you don't stay. You don't yeah. stay on Hollywood Boulevard. You don't do that. I'm like, I was telling my wife, I was like, the only way you do that, it, like those kind of a deal for the hotel is you gotta be ready to go. If we walk in that hotel and this neighborhood is a crap hole, accept the possibility that we're going to have to dump our deposit or dump our money and go yeah. stay somewhere else. Go, yeah. else, go elsewhere. <laughs> go, go elsewhere. Hassan, what would, uh, what was your, what your issues with it? I, I just thought it got a, like everybody else has uh, pretty much said the same thing that I thought it got up its own ass uh, in a lot of, mm. in a lot of ways. And then part, uh, part of it is just me not understanding the nature of what the documentary was supposed to be about in the first place, because I thought I, I, I knew the, the Elisa Lam story. I knew how it ended. You know, I, I knew, yeah. that, you know, they, they weren't going to illuminate, you know, with with all new things. But I thought right. it was going to be a lot more in depth about that situation and the phenomenon in general. And then, you know, it, I thought it was going to taper off into, you know, the you know, being bipolar and right a number of other things um and it just what happened and and it doesn't reveal itself as to what it's trying to do until the fourth episode so that's what was really infuriating me <laughs> is what kept what kept happening mm. is they kept sprinkling the it kept interspersing these sluice and yeah and they and i just have no love for these people whatsoever like even from the start you know like mm. not even like even the the I, I watch a lot of true crime but i don't want i don't i don't i don't watch a lot of speculative true crime like what do you think happened what yeah, i don't right. like that i don't like that aspect i don't like um i don't I like don't modern like day jur journalism where people will tell you a story and then give you basic facts. And then at the end of the story, they say, well, but what do you think happened? Because like, it doesn't fucking matter what anybody else thinks. These are the facts. So who, it, it, it matters how they feel about the facts, but what do you think happened after, after an hour and a half of you just telling me what happened kind of is right. counterintuitive to whatever you were trying to do. So that really was starting to irritate me like, mm -hmm. like tremendously. So by the end, and I also, already knew that it was an accident you know according to whatever you know according yeah. to what the the main story is because we nobody knows but i mean with all the evidence that they put together they were able to to piece together that this was probably a genuine accident it was a fucking tragedy the girl just went yeah. off her medication and she was all alone in this really crazy place and there's no doubt about it the cecil hotel is a crazy place it's uh, probably not because it's haunted and full of werewolves and shit like that but it's <laughs> I'm probably because Definitely because of the location it's in probably it's probably you know the, the manager didn't strike me as someone who was running that place you know uh efficiently i, I agree um and yeah, so cocky yeah i mean well you know she probably lost she, she was in she was a little bitter you know she probably the the the, the hotel probably came home there a lot of fire because of the Good. because of elisa lamb and she probably took the brunt of that and so she's not she has not i got canned she, i got fired she, yeah she has not recovered from that uh, clearly and that's her that's her right that's her business i'm not saying that she did anything particularly wrong i'm just saying that there was a you know it was a perfect storm of unfortunate shit that happened right but and so 
when the case first dropped and I first started, when I, I first went online and I saw the footage, the footage in itself is, it's, it's, it's his own aspect of haunting and creepy and unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you, you know, on top of everything, there's a, there's, there's a million and one speculation videos that you already know is up its ass. You're like, it's, you yeah. already know that, first of all, none of you fucking people know. Everybody's sitting in Connecticut somewhere in a, in a you know, on, on a front porch, you know, yeah. with nothing to do. And right. so you're just going to rip this, uh, you know, this these girl's are, situation. Are, uh, forensic pieces. science, retired forensic yeah. scientist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cold the, case the, files. the pool boy slash forensic science, you know, uh, uh, prodigy. And um, so, I mean, the, the last episode, there was a, there was a, a percentage of satisfaction watching everybody go, oh, oh, that blows the whole thing out of the water, you know, and everybody back then, <laughs> you know, the guy, the, the, the black metal guys, like, and nobody apologized to me, you know, they, right. you know, they, 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 they ruined my life and nobody says anything now. I'm of two minds about that because, dude. Yeah, I mean, you, he, you're yeah. running around looking like Satan. You were, you were, you were happy <laughs> making videos, revel. right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he was, he was happy to revel in the macabre of it, and then it came and ki- it struck, it, it bit him in the ass, you know. He was it's, fraud, basically. That's what I took it as. It's not his fault. It shouldn't happen. He should be able to explore art any way he wants. Right. But he does. He was posting all this stuff to get a reaction. He got the reaction, you know, like, you know, <laughs> like the, like the, you know, the saying is, you you know, play silly games, you win silly prizes. He didn't deserve what happened. He certainly, certainly fucked up to be accused of murder. It's certainly, especially when you weren't even, <laughs> you weren't even in the country. Um, you know, uh, you are the last time you were there was a year prior to, right to when this whole thing happened and nobody cared about that just the same thing was Latham was talking about about people making up their own realities and don't just they just don't care about the facts the facts just get right. in the way of the of the of the thrill of it all yeah right but i mean it's a good documentary it's a, you know it's a purposeful mind fuck that wasn't necessary the information in and of mm. itself was was uh, intriguing enough for them the way they formatted it to to kind of to I mean, I guess they're trying to get their point across. So it was a success because yeah. I was plenty pissed by the end of it. But it's I don't. Documentary, I just, so it's his, you know, however they want to present it. I can understand if you think it's too long or that point is doesn't need. That I just long. felt played with at the by the end of it. Like, you know, it's like this information. You could have given me this information and you could have explained to me. You know, you, you could have made your point without trying to make the point like that. But I, it doesn't. It's just weird because it took the. It took the situation away from the victim, right? You know, it used it used her death to make a point about people else. Yeah, you know, people making a meal out of someone else's tragedy. But then I think that's an important point. But right, but in the process of the way it did it, it did the same thing. It 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 committed the same crime. It ate its own. Yeah. So that's all. That's that was my point point. about it. There's point. There's nothing wrong with the, the the documentary though. That's just why I didn't like it. Yeah. You know, I thought it, it got its point across. Do you think it matters if you know the story or not going in? Does does it work better not knowing the story in the way they told it? No, because I think that I think that I think that Hassan and I have similar views, even if we're coming at it from different directions. And I knew nothing about it, and he knew the entire thing. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm wrong. Yeah. 
Well, I, I don't think it's wrong. It's, it's not a right yeah. wrong thing. Well, Dude, no, no. Obviously, if there's if you one knew about it, one didn't, then that's not that's not the defining factor of it. So. Right. Well, you know, Steve's a cold-hearted bastard, though. All, yeah. On top of that. Oh, yeah. So you know. <laughs> I mean, he has, has no like, soul. Hey, what do you want? <laughs> Uh, true enough. True enough. <laughs> go I mean, back. Go. Every, every, anyone up. listening, go and uh, go and watch Night Stalker. It's a. Uh, it's a really. Yeah, it's great. That's, that's a great. really really good one. Yeah. Uh, now we all concur that that's real. That's a great one. Yes, it is. It's it's. But that's another one that it goes on so long that you're like, fuck's sake, get. I mean, I know. I know. I mean, that's just a function of like we got a Netflix deal. You know, we could do three episodes, or we could do three, they can get them. They could we could get them to pay us for seven. We're milking it. Yeah. yeah, it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's there's nothing wrong with it. It's 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 actually fantastic. I'm saying personally, it was like Jesus. Would you it get, didn't it, it didn't straggle like the Yorkshire Ripper one. No, that one was like that one was like Chinese water torture. Ending started spray <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, I think we've all suffered enough. Time to uh, time to move on. Moving on to Dennis's uh, feature pick, Indiana Jones and the Temple oh of Doom. If adventure has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. Five sacred stones with magical properties. You don't believe me? You will, Dr. Jones. You will become a true believer. <laughs> From Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom <laughs> from, from 1984, directed by Steven Spielberg with a running time of 118 minutes. Everyone's favorite adventurer returns in his second feature film. This time, his adventures take him to the heart of darkest India, where he must help recover a small village's sacred stones stolen for their power by the hands of a reborn cult. Dennis, why'd you pick hate when that happens, Jones by the way, Temple of Doom. <laughs> I hate when those cults re- are reborn. <laughs> yeah, I hate, I hate reborn cults. Stupid cults. I, I, I picked this movie because we have a history with this film. It's my favorite Indiana Jones film. And we have a mutual friend who every time he, he passes his information off to someone else to provoke conflict, he says, I think it's the best. <laughs> I do not think it's the best Indiana Jones film. It's my favorite. It's the there one that I return to over and over because it has the things that I like. It has the horror. It has a guy's heart being pulled out of his body, but the heart's still beating and the body goes in. And the, when the body burns up and the heart burns and my 12-year-old mind was blown. I was like, "This is, <laughs> movies can do this? This is amazing. And, and also, it, to me, it's fascinating as, as an avatar for... Spielberg's career, I, I feel like this is the last movie where Spielberg was primarily operating as a director. And from after this movie moving forward, he was primarily operating as a producer. We can get into that theory 
as as we go through the film. So as 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 a, a point where these two crazy guys from from South, Southern California who make these relatively small budget adventure films that, be, that now at this point they're on top of the world, and I find it fascinating how their points of view as artists began to morph into you know more like businessmen and I, I and i find the whole and also on top of that uh just a generation of pg-13 and discussion of violence and for children and stuff like that i, I just find the whole the whole it's a smorgasbord for the mind and the imagination and the soul i love this i love this film so much i'll never turn it off it's the best movie ever made i love it it's my favorite that's why i chose it you you share a similar view of this in in the fact that you think that uh it's your that's your it, it may not be the best of the group but it is his favorite uh with Hassan Hassan feels oh, similar there you go. Hassan feel feels very it, similar Jones I love it we'll get to uh we'll get to that uh it is not <laughs> it it is neither my my favorite nor my uh even second favorite of the Indiana Jones films. Now, again, as as say my partners well know, I, say it, say it's not your third favorite. Say it. <laughs> I I can't because I I've not seen Crystal oh, Skull, that's so it has right. <laughs> what it, it has oh, Dennis, to remi- call him out on that one. It, it has to, to but has- none of them were the fourth Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna because we're gonna talk about Crystal Skull in relation to this film. It's, Perfect. it's gonna come up. Perfectly fine. I don't think there's anything about Crystal Skull that's gonna surprise me when I eventually watch it. Yeah, yeah, that's what the last famous last yeah. words on that one. <laughs> well, there's surprising things in it, just not what you think. What's the worst that could happen? Oh no. All right, <laughs> where, where, should, where, where should we start? Where should we start? Well, I'll just start he's gonna with, he's gonna I'll, he's he's gonna paint the picture a little bit. I will I will start with the fact that I enjoy the first Indiana Jones film primarily. That's my that's my number one. Uh, and then Last Crusade and then this one. I, I just think there's something about this movie. It's you know, and there's there's been a lot of there's been a lot discussed about this. I mean, uh, I, I think just watching this movie in and of itself, it's it's overly mean spirited. I I despise Kate Capshaw's portrayal of Willie Scott. We're, we're going to talk about that. That's fine. I, that's, a, I, that's, a, that's a role that made her a billionaire. By the I way. well, well <laughs> yeah, in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, I just there's there's too much of her in this. She is she is empty space on screen. She spends literally. I actually timed this out. She literally spends over five minutes of this film of screen time screaming. Yes. Can and we talk about this for a second? Can we can we hold on this, or do you want to go through a whole? No, no, no. We can year. we can okay. we can break it apart however you want to do it. I, I I think that Kate Catshaw gets a gets a bum rap with this movie. I think that she is she is playing the part that's been written. Now, you know it's it's interesting because I was thinking about this today because art is often reactionary, sometimes to its own detriment. I, I think that if I were to try to, to peer into my crystal ball and, and perceive what was in the minds of these creators, I think, I think they were probably looking at Raiders and saying, we had, we had three characters. We had Belloc, Indy, and Marion, and they were all kind of like shadows of each other. Belloc, Belloc was the dark sh- shadow of Indy, and Marion is someone that was in that same life and, 
And so they have a shared experience. And so I, I understand the impetus as a creator, as a writer to go, maybe this time around, we, we bring in someone that's more of an outsider and we, and we play with this old 1950s idea of the two characters that, that for the first, when they first meet, they hate each other. And then they, they grow through experience and adventure to love each other. And, and I understand. And perhaps the problem is there's no way to bring someone completely outside of this context of this psychotic man who runs around the world killing people with great joy and and a smile on his face and a song on his heart murdering people and stealing things that don't belong to him or his country without you know that would be my reaction too i would scream a lot and go uh this man is insane the situation is insane and i want to go home uh but in Cap- glory Kate Capshaw covered real life covered in one scene with over 2000 insects. She sings, she dances, she screams. She's, she's, she's easy on the eyes. Uh, And I, and I love her, but that all that being said, I understand how some people or even most people could find this character to be not only in and of itself, extremely grating, but to go from Marion, Marion to this character it had to be a, 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 a huge change in temperature. Just right. Full stop. I agree. Supposedly the bug scenes, what made Spielberg realize he wanted to marry her. According what? to rumor. Cause he, cause the bugs, Cause he, co- he covered her in bugs and she did it. Yes. <laughs> so he was she like, was, she was game. No one can say she wasn't. Game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, she was also medicated, but that's another story. Oh, um, wow. You got this. Wouldn't you be? <laughs> I would be <laughs> bugs. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I I really like the the guy who played Mola Ram. I thought he was. Uh, I think that Wonderful. I don't. I, I Amrish Puri. I don't think Amrish Puri. I don't think that he gets enough credit when they make all these lists of screen great screen villains. I agree. I agree. I I don't think that he gets the credit because he is one of one of the best on screen villains of of any of the eighties for by hands yeah, down. I agree. And Spielberg down. shoots him. Uh, with macabre love. I mean, that's, that's the, I, I'm thinking about the one shot where the camera's a little bit underneath him and he's yelling something. And then the, as he, uh, he's like saying something kind of uh, glib. And then just before he sort of yells his order, the camera cuts in, just, just cuts in really quick. And it's, it's, it's wonderful. Spielberg, obviously the cinematographer loved this guy's face. Yeah. And um, yeah, he was, he's terrific. He's absolutely wonderful. And he's he became a huge star after this. In, in in India, yeah, he he became uh, he had not done a lot of villain roles, and then after this film, he became very well known for playing villains in in Indian cinema, which was which was great. So good for good for him. You are in a position unsuitable <laughs> yeah, to give yeah. artists. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and 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 look, this movie is a this movie is a grotesquerie, meaning that this movie is you know it's dabbling in stereotypes. Oh, uh, the, even back then, Beyond. I, mean, it, Beyond. No, the, I read that the script, uh, they wanted to shoot in India, the industry, the Indian film ministry read the script and asked for changes because they felt it was so disrespectful. many changes that they just said, screw it. This <laughs> is shooting Sri Lanka, yep. which was what makes that more shocking is that Christopher Columbus had, had been hired and wrote a script set in Africa. Yep. 
that was so controversial that they decided to just shelve it. Like they were like, this is even for us, this is too many stereotypes. Put it away, never to be seen again. Yeah, there were, there were a bunch of uh, of lost drafts or early drafts of this that just never made any, but they saved different pieces of them uh, and used them in in future iterations and future right. films. And there and there were pieces of this film that were for Raiders that they decided yes, not to do. Correct. And just put it in this film. So it's interesting how ideas were set. Yeah, it, it's nice. It, it's cool. And I, I you know, I, I don't I'm sure I must have realized this at one point in my life and I didn't realize it until I was doing research the last time for this is is I didn't realize that this takes place before Raiders by a right. year. Right. I didn't realize that this is a prequel. Oh. Um yeah. I, I I always forget that little little you didn't want to do Nazis again. Right. Right. Exactly. I, I think his feelings about using Nazis as sort of cardboard cutout enemies was was changing. Well, yeah. So let's make fun of Indians for the third movie <laughs> and then Schindler's list. And then other movies, but okay. I mean, we were talking about uh, uh, George Lucas, not not oh. Spielberg. Loves oh, the Nazis. Okay. He loves he loves. Oh, was Nazis it Lucas? Oh, okay, all right. Okay. Lucas wrote okay. the, the the script. Yeah, the story, the original story. I, I had read somewhere that uh, when he was making Schindler's List, that he was sort of feeling conflicted about the the Raiders, the, the Indiana Jones movie, sort of like painting the Nazis as sort of cardboard cutouts, you know, much trash, much trash. Uh, twirling villains and maybe that was a little bit glib on his part he, he, he definitely makes a private ryan well well he definitely <laughs> makes him less glib in the schindler's list yeah, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i have i have theories this, this film is still banned in india by the way yes good yes. which is which is interesting they should be want the real thuggy cult to see it and get any ideas that's, you know what i'm saying that's right can't take can't, can't steal the shankara stones uh latham why don't you uh why don't you i jump think in? i have to let Hassan go first because i don't I, no you don't just i don't want to <laughs> steal his thunder here i want to make sure he it, that that's he, a, uh, that's an almost literal impossibility <laughs> Hassan, would you like to go first no you can go first okay. i'm good i'm, I'm good. Go first then so I'll spoil it for you. I'm gonna gush a little. Oh, so, dude. like, if you have a <laughs> if you have a critical uh, reaction to it, it's probably <laughs> yeah. Her okay. paper from college. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I don't care about the history or controversy or whatever. I'm just talking about the final product here. This is the best movie I have ever seen. That when you. I think it's the best movie you'll ever see when you watch it the first time. First time you see it, it's just like every every joke lands, every action scene gets you, every thrill gets you, every shock gets you, everything gets you. You're not looking for anything. How'd they do this? Well, that looks a little fake or whatever. It's just bang, 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 bang. Um, it's, I mean, I, I'm not even kidding. I did this term paper in college on Temple of Doom. So I went through all the Raiders movies, which didn't include the fourth one at the time, thankfully, and just did like stats, like villains, artifacts, traps. And then I did action <laughs> scenes. And this one has the most action scenes out of all of them. It has nine. Oh, I didn't know that. It's just ludicrous. There's nine different action scenes. The nightclub fight, the car chase, rap scene, the assassin in the room, the bug and trap room. I mean, just 
all through the movie. It just goes. The movie becomes relentless. The few times it's it lets you catch your breath, something really funny is going on or a repetitive sequence involving, you know, disgusting things to eat at dinner or animals bugging them at the campsite. It never, there's no downtime in this movie. And it just, and when you get to the Wait, wait, before you, that's, that's pretty much what ruined um, my viewing of Last Crusade was that, was that this movie was such a roller coaster ride that when, when you get hit with the mature aspects of Last Crusade, where there's not, it, 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 where it doesn't feel like uh, you're at an amusement park watching mm. the entire film. It feels more sedate. Yeah, it it kind of mm-hmm. it kind of I mean it took a while for me to warm up. I I love the Last Crusade, but it took a while for me, me to warm up to it cuz when I first saw it I was like okay. And then there's a yeah. cat. Somehow <laughs> I'll make that relate. Uh and actually Raiders, which most people consider the best of the Indiana Jones films, has the least amount of action scenes. There's only five. Interesting. And and that, but Hassan's point is well taken. There's points, you know, there's poignant moments between father and son in, in Last Crusade that are, you know, they're just not present in this, in this, in Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom is the boys' life adventure tale movie to end movie. Right. And right. I have to disagree with Steve. Kate Capshaw is given minimal stuff to work with. And every time she's not screaming or has to deliver a line or a look or do something with her body or stick the jewel down her dress or play with the gun, she fucking nails it. She was unfairly panned when this came out for that same reason. They said, oh, she just screams her way through this movie. The look she gives Mola Ram on the bridge when he she thinks Indiana Jones has screwed him is just I, I that's one of my favorite moments in the movie where she just looks at him and goes mm. yeah she kind of gives him like a yeah, yeah. I mean that's and she great. does it the whole movie I mean and you're just you know and she's half clothed near the end and doused in water and you know it, I, I just I never understood why people ripped on her I thought she's I think she's fantastic in this one thing I hated that Spielberg did was when he apologized for this movie when it would people too violent it's whatever and he he apologized for his own artistic product and that may relate to your point of when he became more of a producer and not a it does it It does because i I, i'll sorry i'll just insert really quick just really quick i think last crusade is a correction from this, and we can talk about that in more that detail. Was. Whole he said it was last. He said last crusade is to apologize apology. for the second movie, and I just, I'm just like you, fucking idiot. You're my favorite director. <laughs> Don't apologize for your art. Don't be an idiot. And ever since then, he has slowly gone down the idiot statement hill, culminating in the Netflix statement saying netflix movies shouldn't be counted for oscars it's just like okay dude you're old fuck you you're just you 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 got old and you're still my favorite filmmaker but you've lost as my one of my i i just i just think he sees the i just think at a certain point he saw he saw the business in a different way i I agree but i think it's i think his i mean i love a lot of his films 
And I even love films he did in 2000s, you know, Lincoln and stuff like that. But my five favorite films of his all become all come before 2000 and four of them mm -hmm. before 1984. So uh, what else do I have to say? I mean, John, John Williams, Slave Children oh, Crusade. It's just it's just so powerful. It's just like mm. that's one of his best marches. It, it rivals the Imperial March in Star Wars. It's so good that the score in this movie propels it into another level. And I think it, I think it's one. I think Williams saves Spielberg a lot with some stuff, mm -hmm. but this movie. Sure. works anyway and, and but then the score even makes it better the the orchestration of the rope bridge scene is is just brilliant suspense this whole movie is a is a primer for how to direct something direct an action movie direct it suspensefully use your shots sparingly make everything count the cinematography and the whole movie just sells it Tell me the first time you didn't see this as a 12 year old, 14 year old, whatever old kid, when when Indiana Jones, he says it's, it, uh, you know, Willie Scott says, now let's get out of here. And he's like, right. All of us. And yeah. Like, love that. Comes love fucking, that. All we're getting us. all these fucking children out of here and we're going to beat the. Fuck out I, think, of I think that was the line. Yeah. 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 What did you say, Dennis? That's my favorite. That's my favorite moment in movies in in. Uh, in the 80s. That's well, that's moment. the second. That's the second of When he's three. standing there. That's the first. When he's standing there and the camera comes up on yeah. him and he's ready to beat yeah. ass. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I, it's, yeah. it's unreal. It's chills. It's chills as a 13, 14-year-old kid. Yeah. And this made, you know, what we were saying about Indiana Jones earlier was interesting that he kind of goes around the world and steals things and he's not, not really <laughs> doing a very nice thing. He's great. But this movie, he becomes a true hero. He saves these fucking right. children. That's 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 his journey in in, in this exactly. one. Fortune and glory to to hero. That's the hero's journey in this and one for sure. And I I adore this film. I can watch it over and over and over. Uh, and going back to my point, it's like one of the best movies to watch the first time. You know, the second time you watch the mine car sequence, you're looking for stuff. But the first time, there's no way you're looking for stuff. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? We just had two action scenes before this. Now we have this one, and then we have the rope bridge. This movie just never lets up. It's a it's a masterpiece, and it, it it's just ironic that he apologizes for it or doesn't like it that much. I, I just think it's brilliant, and it's a, it's like the movie I wish I made. That's how much I love it. Wow. You, you see, Latham, I, I think that uh, I need to I need to get in touch with Joe. OK, because I, I, I think I've found where all of your childhood sense of whimsy is gone to Temple of Doom. Yes. Well, you you have put so much of your childhood sense of whimsy into Temple of Doom that there's no room for it in any other film watching. So uh, but that's a that's a different okay, thing. That's fair enough. <laughs> Hassan, what do you what do you what do you got? I, how, how am I going to follow that? I <laughs> stole Hassan's thunder. <laughs> you're the allowed to gone. you're allowed to gush. What are you talking about? Everything 
as I, as I get older, um, I've discovered, which is not a discovery. It's just me coming to the realization that the, the maxim is true. It's not about what you saw. It's about who you were when you saw what you saw right, that, right, that right, makes sure. what it is, you know, special to you. Uh, it's 1984. We are at the end of the age of heroes um, as, as it pertains to being a young man. Return of the Jedi just happened. The, 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 the big mm. seminal uh, a cinematic uh, uh, event of my Saga. life yeah. Yeah, is, is done. And then, boom, there's another Indiana Jones movie. I was not allowed to see Raiders of the Lost Ark in the theater because wow, I was too. Well, I did see it. I ended up seeing it. But it, was, it took a long time. It was just, a, first of all, it wasn't even on my radar. Second of all, because so I, I had to have a couple of friends tell me that, oh, no, this is, you know, this is just as good as blah, blah, blah. And then it was, you know, it's it's borderline for a young man for, for 1980. God, how old was I? 1980 was was a uh, seven, eight or something like that. It's a rough movie for an eight year old. Yeah, it's borderline horror movie, you know, yep. basically. Can, uh, I, can, I, can of- I can I interject for a second? When my I showed my daughter that movie, she was like eight or nine. She was fine until the end. And in the end, she wasn't freaking out, but she, it, you know, the things happened, face melted, blah, blah, blah. And she just turned to me. She was like, what? Like, she yeah, wasn't just scared, <laughs> but she was ele- like, I could see it in her eyes. She was yeah. electrified. It's and like, she's like um, what was that? And I turned to her, like, so, and I go, I don't know, power of God or something. <laughs> <laughs> and she was blown away. You should have been like, sometimes people melt. Good night. She was, she was, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. that may be the Sleep first tight. time. The only thing that, that may have been the first time as an older child that she was blown, blown away by a movie. And it was yeah. a wonderful thing to behold. That's, that's like a moment of silence when we were watching. Um, uh, we were laughing all the way through. And they were laughing in a good way all the way through Flash Gordon until, sure. until, until Flash's ship like impales Ming. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, the fuck just what, what the hell just, yeah. just got real it's great it's <laughs> what great. am i watching what am i watching um but so but i but i didn't know about uh you know i didn't know about raiders of the lost ark i had seen it i was on on the streets uh somewhere with my with uh, my family we come from a show or something like that and there was just a poster with uh, that said uh, you know that i didn't even read it because i would think i was seven so i wasn't reading anything then <laughs> <laughs> I could read. I just wasn't. I just like I'm. I'm not reading. That. I refuse. Yeah, I ain't reading this. Are those words? Fuck but it you. Was, <laughs> it was Harrison Ford in his Indiana Jones getup with a with the, the machete. The machete. Yeah. So I'm like, that's, a, that's an, and I know he didn't have a machete in Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark. So I'm like, right. this is a this is a new movie. Machete. There's gonna be another ass. Indiana Jones oh, movie. Yeah, that moment. Another Raiders of the Lost Ark movie. Yeah. I said. And and little did I know at that point that that movie was going to be so important to me in the summer that that was going to be such an important film. It's that summer, of course, 1984, summer of Star Trek three, Ghostbusters, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It was a big summer. It was a big summer for being a kid. Yeah. I mean, Ghostbusters wasn't on my radar at the time because I was too, I think for me, I was too young. And I just 
I loved it. I could understand it. I knew what the jokes were. I knew, I knew the, you know, I knew the sex jokes. I knew the violence. I was able (laughs) to watch the violence. I was able to watch people get their hearts ripped out and get lowered into lava. And I was, I was all right with it. Wasn't that great with the bugs, but that's, you know, that's everything. Everyone has his, everybody compromised. I mean, man, man getting lowered into lava and bursting into flames. No bugs. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. That's exactly how that (laughs) happened. That's awesome. I, and ever since, like I, I did tell Steve, it's not the it's not the best one. I do think Razor, in my opinion, Razor of the Lost Ark is the greatest action movie of of our modern era. In my opinion, mm, Die Hard is better than Die Hard. Okay. It's because it's got swashbuckle uh, uh, aspects to it. It's got right. it's got a hero on a white horse. It's got it, it it throws in so many of the so many of the wonderful tropes from from. Our, our understanding of visual entertainment sure. exactly, that, exactly. That's, that's very well put and uh and and die hard where it is a, a colossus on its own for its own things sure it's just doesn't it doesn't capture the whimsy it doesn't have the fantasy aspect of it the wonder yeah and i mean i could i could tell stories about die hard i was stuck in yeah, the city it, it's interesting because i I, w- I would call raiders instinctively i would call it a uh an adventure movie rather than an action movie. Well, I, yeah, I but I mean, it's an action movie. It's where action movies came from, though. I mean, everything no, course, needed to course. be a roller coaster ride after Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, there was if you watch like a Clint Eastwood movie, you know, which is arguably an action movie, there are sure. a couple of one liners and he blows a, a couple of people away. There's nothing wrong it's with not that. This. It's not this. Yeah, no. but he's not, you know, after this, after Raiders of the Lost Ark, you get Martin Riggs jumping on trucks, you know, the, yeah, you know yeah, there's, yeah. there's stunts involved you with being crazy. an action star. Yeah. You know, jumping off buildings and, and whatnot. It's I I was in love with uh with, with Kate Capshaw. I mean it was it, she's, it, it she's that was real easy to look at. Yeah, it's right around the right time for it. It uh also, as Latham pointed out, and I'm so glad he did, this was probably oh, this was the most influential soundtrack I ever had when I was really? when I was a kid. I was I started buying soundtracks because of this movie. This movie in Empire Strikes Back. And it just, I mean, it, it, it just as uh, you said, Latham, it that soundtrack just takes you on a ride. It is, it is so much more, it's so much more expansive, and I guess the, I guess the word be wondrous than the movie yeah. itself. But it enhances the film. You know, it had oh, yeah. the, the 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 short round theme while they're you know they're going through the the woods on the on the uh, elephants. You know, oh, and it's, yeah. the expansiveness yeah, yeah. of it, the the giant vampire bats and stuff. I mean, it's just for a kid. At I had to be in 1984, 12, I think, or 11. Yeah. I was 11 in 1984, um, or I could have been 10 because I it depends on when the movie came out. I think it came out in uh, May. In like May. May. Then yeah, I was 10. Okay, so it's it's in your wheelhouse. It's in the boy adventure wheelhouse, right there. It just it was just everything, you know. And we beyond that, my friends and I, we just we embodied that movie. You know, we just reenacted that movie over and over and over again. It 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 resonated with us in a way that Ghostbusters didn't. We loved Ghostbusters, but we didn't want to be Ghostbusters. Right. We just loved watching it. Whereas we wanted to be Indiana Jones. We wanted yeah. to go on adventures. You know, we wanted to go get into yeah, trouble. I, I, and- I never wanted to live in the world of Ghostbusters. That seems like an awful place with a bunch of dicks. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to live in the world of Indiana Jones. Right. Or, or you know, 
take a ride on the Enterprise with. Uh, but he, sure, Kirk, sure. Kirk did blow the Enterprise up, so we were mad about that. So anyway, so so Indiana Jones won out that summer. It's a uh, uh, there's 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 so much wrong with the film. There's so much wrong with it. There's a lot of racism that. in the film. There's a there's a lot of uh, weird cuts in it. There's there's some there's some hinky special effects in it. I mean, it is what it is. It's it is. Someone said something about another movie I, uh, uh, they were talking about, and uh, I, I never heard a, a phrase so fantastic in my life. It is, it, it is perfect in all its imperfections. You sure. know, it's just, it is just, sure. it's just a wonderful uh, 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 collection of craziness. Listen, I'll, um, I'll never fault a movie for for special effects in and of the uh, you know based on the right. era it's from. Right. Yeah. Um, but. That being said, there is still never a moment that I watch this movie now during the minecart sequence and don't see the stop motion figures inside the carts. Right. And yet that okay. feels so much more visceral guy. to me than an overly computer generated modern sequence. And I, and I think I think that movies are are beginning to under movie makers are beginning to understand this now. I, I think there's something tangible when even when you use miniatures and models yeah. that you don't have when everything is just a computer generated yeah. image sure. and funnily enough i think what was interesting about these films uh is because they're set in the 30s uh and they're they're set in a you know a bygone era that even now the effects work for me because now they feel quaint they don't feel cutting edge but they feel quaint in a way that right. feels appropriate for right. for these films yeah. and their setting. If I saw this movie now, I, I'd be like, mm, "This is all right. I don't know what this. This is this is okay. I guess I guess this would be great." In I mean, the I, 80s. I, can, I can I can only tell you that my daughter loves these films, and she does not love every movie from the eighties or every movie from the seventies. Sure, she loves these films, and she wants this and Back to the Future are the trilogies that she seems to every six months wants to revisit. Let's watch all the Indiana Jones movies this weekend. Let's watch all the back to the future movies this weekend. Awesome. Star Wars, not so much Star Wars. We got to return of the Jedi and she kind of lost interest. And she was like, well, Papa, we could, we could watch the rest if you want. So I'm like, don't patronize me. <laughs> Get out of here. Don't you condescend me, man. Although loves, Re <laughs> loves rebels. So, you know, which oh, I think that's, yeah. that's another conversation. Yeah. Star Wars has become it's so who you are. It's who you are and when you're seeing it. Yeah. You know, yeah, you see, I was a, I was a little older when this came out. I was 16. So I didn't have the the boys adventure yeah, connection. Adult, yeah, I was, I was already right. jaded for filmmaking when I, when this came and that's out. How, so. And that's how I felt when Goonies came out. I was past that. I was past you know, that point. So here's a funny story. I didn't see Goonies until I was in my 30s. Idiot. Wow. <laughs> I, I saw it, I think, it's, last it year. Explains so much. First, I think I saw it for the first time last year. And I, I was just kids screaming. I was like, I can't watch this. Everyone's yelling all the time. Keep wow. your voices down. Just use your inside voice. It's fine. Wow, dude. Seriously. Don't, don't. I, I, I did enjoy I did enjoy it when I watched it, but I don't have that nostalgic connection. <laughs> it, yeah, to it just, it, that so passive. many other people well, yeah. in, my, in my age range do. It's <laughs> just, it's just, it's just an amazing. Is I, I I don't know I can't I can't uh, I can't say enough about it and there's like I said there's plenty wrong with it if you you want to see blatant errors look at the look at the rope bridge one minute they're right. over a stone quarry 
Next minute, they're you know they they pull back and it's a, there's a little tricklage of water in there, and then the next time you look back, it's a fucking tributary with yeah. filled filled with alligators, and it's yep. it's all there. It's movie magic, movie it, magic, well, it's, baby. It's right. not magic if you if, if you contradict yourself while you're making it. It's fine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. That's not the stuff. It's not a movie to revisit. Oh, sure. and not notice that stuff. Yeah. But the first time you see it, there's no way you're catching any of that shit. I agree. I agree. But that, uh, the see, first, that's the first time you watch that, you're, you're just Maybe. enjoying it for what it is. Yes. Maybe. When, when a movie is so good that... Maybe you catch a little of it, though, when you're the first time you're watching. Uh, 1984. Yeah. No way in 1984. You don't think I did? Maybe, maybe, you don't think maybe, I caught maybe. a little of it when I was kidding? You were 11? 10? When I was 11 years old? All right. I didn't catch any shit. Little Hassan going like, that rope bridge is not right. What the fuck? Okay. Where'd those alligators come from? Why are they 600 right. feet up now? Why are they 100 feet up now? That doesn't make any sense. This is a plenty podcast. of that. Little <laughs> plenty of that. I noticed the 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 sequence of the um with the where he he took the two where he took the two guys out with the machetes, and then one the machete went off the cliff, and then the and then and then there. the other guy ran away with it. And seconds later, he had it in his hand. I noticed that the 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 moment oh, I saw I, it. I haven't I haven't noticed that ever. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, he uses his he uses a bullwhip. He he snatches one of the machetes out. It you, you can clearly see it go off the cliff. Yeah, and then in the next cut, the the guy the guy he slashes on the ground like he cut him, and he's holding the the blade and he's he's threatening the other guy with it. It's complete. There's a, another blade on the ground. It was, when they it was walk his up. Never blade. Seen that one. <laughs> no, it's not another. You never noticed the third blade. It's that's not on a the third blade. Like, Head it in his mouth. <laughs> It's embedded in the stone, right? And once he pulled it out, he became king of That's India, right. right? Okay. Here's a compendium of every time Indiana Jones uses his whip in each of the three movies. If wow. You five times in Raiders, five times Temple Doom, only three times in this Last Crusade. This is a very small peek inside Latham's brain. Be wow. careful. There, Keep your hands and feet inside the car at all times worry, and don't I'm touch anything. After the podcast. We this is also... That was also the scene. That's the first time I, I I understood about music and about music cues. If you watch mm-hmm. that scene and you watch uh, when they pull the, the blades on him and he reaches for his gun and he doesn't have his gun, they play the exact same music right. from yep. the basket chase in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And that was a, when I was I was I was probably a little older than ten when I realized that. But that was a that was an amazing moment for me. I was like, holy shit. Huh? That music yeah, that, so that doesn't even make any sense that that, that music should oh, be no, there. Wait, wait, but first doesn't of all, matter. First of all, boo. It's, not, it's it anachronistic. Does it does, it make, does sense make sense. Be- right, because this happens to him all the time. He's a That's dirty right. fighter. And, and by the way, no, no judgment. He's always pulling his guns on people with swords. You guys are you guys are acting like I am I am uh, like making fun of the film, but no, I'm not. no, no, not not at all. I'm just yeah, saying, son, you can see some good things about Temple of Doom. That's something that people will often say. Well, why is it, why is that a thing if it's the prequel? Because it happens to him all the time. Because he's a dirty fighter and a psychopath, and I love it. All right, so you gotta you gotta tell the people just cut the scene. You gotta tell those angry people about the about uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull who hate that movie for the same absurdity that's in all these other movies. Well, uh, we can get to that. I, I have other. Uh, thoughts I don't think about we should. Mm. I really don't well, think we should go barking up that tree. I, I will give you one example. <laughs> I, I will. I will only talk about Crystal Skull, which uh, parts of which I really enjoyed. Uh, I think it typifies what I'm talking about between. The, the the director of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and up to that point. So 
we uh, Crystal's call is often derided for the extended sequence of Shia LaBeouf swinging through a digital jungle with digital monkeys. Right. That sequence was supposed to be shot live action in Hawaii. There was a monsoon. They lost time. Spielberg, he, you know, he missed his children. He's missed his family. He wanted, he wanted to go back home. He missed his will. Spiel, Spielberg of 84 would have said, fuck this. We're staying until we get the shot. Yeah. Keep those monkeys in the cages. Yeah. They're fucking doing we're doing. We're, I'm going to do anything I can. I can physically do to make this movie the best way that I can make it. And yeah. I'm just saying later Spielberg was like, you know what? We'll just do it with digital monkeys. It's fine. It'll be fine. We'll make the same amount of money. Either way, everything. That's that's the difference. Okay, what I what I would like to do, if I may, I would like to go through a couple of theories I have very quickly about why I think this movie, generally speaking, is so much less popular uh, than Raiders. I think the overall issue is that it doesn't feel as naturalistic. It's it's. I think the cinematography actually looks a little bit cheaper than Raiders. Uh, when I when I, I, after watching both of those back to back. Uh, I think that the cinematography and framing is more expansive. I don't know if it's because maybe they didn't have as much time or didn't have as much planning. I think it is so much more jokey because they were trying to find an antidote to the, to the expanded amounts of darkness and violence. So, and I think that makes the movie feel less natural. It's everyone's making quipping all the time. Raiders isn't like that. I think that, and I, I think there's a there's an aspect of this that the first movie was steeped in a Judeo-Christian myth. And this one decided to do something different. And I think that bothered some people. And I'm not even saying necessarily in a racist way, just it just it, to a lot of people, it probably felt too alien to go with. I loved it. I, I thought it was great that they were getting away from it. And I think that's why. That's why Last Crusade reverted back to a Judeo-Christian myth was because instead of going to do something Russian or something, something different, they said, let's just do the same thing. And not for nothing, this is, I believe, I think this is correct, this is Spielberg's first sequel that he's ever made. And I think there was a lot of like, well, what do we do? How much do we, how much do we repeat? How much do we do? that's fresh and different. And I think Spielberg felt burned in part by taking, taking so many interesting and risky swings, like big swings. And I, th I think it just made him a little bit more conservative as a filmmaker. So that that's what I think. Let me ask you a question. Um, so then what do you think about Spielberg's and Lucas's own statements that they've made publicly about temple of doom saying you know, and this this leads back to Latham's uh, uh, the the apology, not necessarily the apology, not quite that far, but saying it that they were that him and Lucas were both in kind of dark places in their own lives at that time. Spielberg had just broken up yep. with Amy Irving. Lucas was going through the beginnings of his divorce. Right. And they were both kind of in a dark place. And the the movie ended up manifesting itself in that manner and can things just kind of showed up because they were both wanting to just go a little, a little deeper, a little darker. And I think that once they got to the end of it, they both kind of realized what they'd done. They weren't going to go back and change it, obviously, but you know, I think they both realized it and they've made comments to that, to that effect. I mean, how do I mean, do you think that they're just saying that for lip service to, for, because it's a way of being apologetic without apologizing 
No, I, I don't think it's lip service. I think they may generally look. It's what an art, other artist thinks. I, I have no idea. Maybe that's let's let's assume for the time being that they're being completely one hundred percent sincere. Mm-hmm. Would they have felt the same way had the movie been more embraced? You know, if people had been like, "It's great that it's a little bit darker. It's 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 great <clears throat> that it's somewhere. It's it's uh, it's uh, more violent. Uh, we really we really love this." If there wasn't that much pushback, would would they would they have still felt the same way? Or would they have gone on to say it was great that we, you know, went darker and it was a great idea and we're, and we're geniuses, uh, <laughs> you know, re- people's reactions to art can definitely make people say different things. I mean, St- Stephen King says different things about the shining now, the Kubrick shining than he did at the time. Oh, sure. And maybe part of it is, you know, he's, he's selling a movie and he wants the movie to do well. So to make money, but maybe part of it could be that the when people say this movie is so much better than the book, maybe that changes your feelings about the movie. Maybe that you know, maybe after hearing that for ten years or twenty years or thirty years, uh, I I think that, for example, I have another theory that um, one of the reasons that Lucas stepped back from from Star Wars is because when you read when you read the script for the original star wars that was approved by fox before the producers said well we we have this budget we're going to have to start cutting away interestingly enough what that script reads most like is like one of the prequels it's over bloated there's too much background stuff not enough focus on on the the main characters uh the main characters feel kind of lost in this larger world which you know however you feel about the prequels whatever your opinion is i I think is a legitimate um there's a, there's a different type of focus in those prequel movies. For example, I, I think that if I were Lucas, I think what Lucas was trying to give us with the prequels was this is my Star Wars. This is the Star Wars that I would have made had I been given the money and the chance to do it, had I had the clout that I have now and the independence that I have now. And the response to those movies, to be kind, was not as enthusiastic and i think you know it's possible he might have been like i gave you the real star wars and you didn't like it so now go fuck yourselves i'm gonna go (laughs) do something i'm gonna go be rich somewhere else this is all conjecture yeah of course of course this is all conjecture but i think it's conjecture drawn from reality the the other thing about this movie is that the action in raiders is much more naturalistic down to like when indy shoots the truck with Marion in it, and it just kind of tips over and blows up. <laughs> if that, if that had happened, well, if that had happened in, in Temple of Doom, it would have exploded 17 times. Indy would have shot it with a machine gun, and it would have gone boom, 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 boom. This the temple is so much more bombastic. Oh, yeah. And also, not for nothing, the uh, this movie is peppered with supernatural stuff sure. almost throughout the film, whereas Raiders. Because everything is so naturalistic all the way through the movies that, that when the supernatural thing happens at the end, it completely blows you away. This movie doesn't have oh, yeah. this movie doesn't have that. That's the one error between the two films that obviously Spielberg couldn't rectify because he decided to make it a prequel. That oh, I yeah. th- why why does Indy keep becoming a non-believer? Yes. <laughs> yeah. When a that's year true. earlier he just got met up with this guy who's pulling people's hearts out. You but know, that's as, James Bond. No, I know. Every I, I movie get, I starts get in the season. The he also place. says like he's also like fortune and glory, and then the next movie he's like it belongs in the museum. You know, so right. I mean it. 
his complete ideology keeps you know shifting around these are not movies that are you're meant to like track a character i understand you know? i understand Fuck it. i'm not admonishing you i'm just I'm, li- I, i've heard the no same and, too, and listen I, despite my comments at the beginning i don't think this is a bad film by any stretch of the imagination it's well, that's it's good. still very oh yeah okay i gotta prove myself to you <laughs> so uh you do you're on very thin ice with temple of doom here Read carefully. I still, I out. still enjoyed this movie when I saw it. I still enjoy it when I watch it. It just doesn't hold the the place in the hierarchy that it does sure. for clearly for Latham. That it doesn't, um, it doesn't do the same things as the previous movie. It's all, it's almost a RoboCop one and RoboCop two oh, situation in some. It's not. In, it's, in some not ways. it's nowhere near that well, large. Not in th- I don't mean in terms of quality. I mean in terms of that this temple is definitely trying to do some different things. I, again, yeah. this, this sense I have that Spielberg is, is 1982 or 83 and Spielberg is going, I've never done a sequel before. So what, what do I do that's the same? And what do I do that's different? It's got to be difficult because when you no. go then to, to Last Crusade, there's so much, even just the look and the pacing that goes back to Raiders that, that just feels like, we're going to do what we did in Raiders because that's what people liked. And it was, right. and it was a mistake to veer so much from the, you know, and again, how do you get a formula from the first movie? The James Bond movies didn't have their formula until, until Goldfinger. There was things floating around, but Goldfinger was the one that cemented everything is, oh, this is what a James Bond movie is. Now we can do this over and over and over again for the most part and, and have some level of success. Uh, so a couple of, a couple of other things. So before uh, Kate Capshaw captured the Willie Scott role, Sharon Stone and Marky Post were both considered for that role. I can see that. And they also auditioned over 120 other actresses before before choosing her. There was, uh, interestingly enough, the three main characters in this movie are all named after dogs. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. So uh, Short Round was the screenwriter Will Hike's dog. Oh, that's hilarious. And uh, obviously Indiana was George Lucas's dog. But uh, Willie was Steven Spielberg's dog. They named the dog Indiana. That's right. That's going around. So, and you know, Lawrence Kasdan was originally hired to write the screenplay for this, you know, with the story concepts that, that George had laid out for him. And Kazdan stepped away. He said that, you know, with where they wanted to go with this movie, he didn't want to write that script. So that's the reason that that George went after uh, Gloria or uh, Will Hike and Gloria Katz. Katz, yeah. One of the early George Lucas ideas had Indiana discovering a lost world with uh, a hidden valley, including dinosaurs and such. Wow, that would have been, that been fun. They could have done a Jurassic Park crossover. Um, and, and the other thing that I found out, and I and I really like this idea, and I, I've never seen any of the young Indiana Jones adventures. Um, I've seen and, a few. And I, I've never, I've never watched, I've never, what's that like? A couple of them are fun. Yeah. The one with Harrison Ford, and it's pretty good too. So apparently in episode 18, there is a search that him and his friend go hunting after World War I ends for a diamond called the Peacock's Eye. And that is the diamond that he is getting at the beginning. Oh, that's terrific. Of this I film. love that. I, I love I, it. I, I really like that idea too, that they were able to kind of, you know, retroactively go back and tie some stuff in from the episode. It's a great idea. What about the remains of Nurhachi? The, uh, well, apparently the remains of Nurhachi were never actually lost. 
So there you go. Okay. Someone just had him in a cupboard. That's right. No, he was just in a cupboard somewhere. And uh, an assault shaker. This Narahachi's a really small guy. <laughs> That's great Good stuff. Service here. But uh, every joke in this movie works. Every joke. <laughs> single joke lands this movie do you know how hard that is to do in an action movie what this, land a joke yeah i mean it to, to make everyone joke there oh, we just saw we just saw it a week or so ago with tango and cash oh <laughs> but that's almost but that's almost an action comedy like that wow, movie, it was a joke dennis trust me. okay <laughs> fuck that movie dude that wow love that movie anywho yeah. uh this, this movie it was all this movie was also the first movie that made me realize that a friend of mine could be an idiot uh <laughs> I, I was talking to a friend of mine about this movie i'd seen it and he he goes oh like when the movie started and it was the musical number i'm like oh is this a is this a musical what the hell's going on and i'm like about that sequence I'm, too how great is it's, that fa- it's fantastic and i'm i look at him and i'm and i'm not saying it and i'm like wow you'd, you'd have to be a real fucking dummy to think that an indiana jones movie was going to turn into a musical <laughs> oh my friend is a dummy oh okay i understood understood my friend's a complete moron <laughs> well uh if there's nothing else uh for indiana jones and the temple of doom uh well don't. actually there's one more okay thing. Uh, me and Hassan discussed this privately. We want to sing "Anything Goes." Uh, the two of us. Oh, very good. In, Chi- in Chinese. Oh. Uh, okay. I think she's saying it in Japanese. Isn't that Japanese? No, I thought it I think was she's Chinese. Cantonese. She's yeah. singing in Cantonese. Right I mean, there. come on, you guys! You've listened to the soundtrack I so will, many times. I will tell you this: the one thing that I really you almost know it. The the one thing that I really did like in this movie is one of the first times I ever saw this used in a film, and I really like this idea. Where can talk- I guess? Can I guess what it is? Sure. Can I try? Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah. My guess, my guess would have been when at the beginning when Willie actually steps in front of the logo, which I'd oh. never seen before. That, oh, that was no, my guess. no, 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 oh, no, yeah, that, not yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, the, I saw that the first time. The little, <laughs> the little story <laughs> nugget where he talks about where he asked him him about speaking Chinese, and he says he only does it in certain occasions, and then. Mm. At the end, when they're on the rope bridge, and he tells Short Round and can't right. oh, that's great! You're to, right to grab the thing that. so that no one else would understand what he was saying. Where he just says Short Round, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and the kid, hang on, lady, we going for crazy. Really, really great idea, and I, I just I, that was one of the first times yeah, I ever great. saw that used, and I just I like that a lot. That, those are the kind of things that when you're a he kid, does speak he does speak Cantonese to him in the in the jungle while they're playing the cards. Oh, that's and true. The kids that's right. at that's the, the, the reminder. That's right. you, need the, you need the reminder, right? Yep. It's those structural true. things that work. That even if you're a kid or someone who doesn't know film, you don't understand why it works, but it works. You know, whereas if you never brought it up before, it might be a little bit odd that all of a sudden you can speak Chinese and we never ever discussed or brought this up ever. Right. Set up and payoff. It's great. Yep. Yep. I agree. So one last story I had, Steve, real yep. quick, is when I started collecting John Williams, you couldn't get this soundtrack on CD. Really? Like very no, easy. It took a long time. Oh. And I paid I paid two hundred bucks God. for a CD Jesus from Europe. Yeah, and, and it's the most expensive John Williams album I've ever got on CD. <laughs> I had it shipped from Europe, and it came, and it just like hovered out of the box into my hand. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I got 200 bucks for this, and uh, yeah. So 
that's my jump. I went on a similar uh, uh, mission to get the soundtrack to 1941, which is another uh, John Williams yeah. soundtrack, which is unbelievable. But it was it was very I difficult to find at the time. Okay, one quick Correct. clarification: Kate Catshaw learned anything goes in Mandarin. Ah, okay. All right, well, everybody was wrong. There you go. <laughs> everybody on what? We were all wrong. Down. So, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. We all love it. Still a good movie. Well, Steve does. Yes, love I, it. I, I, I can still love it don't. and not and think that it's right. not as strong as you three do. I don't think you love it. I'm not buying that okay. you love it. All right. It's fair, I'm not fair buying enough. it. I guess it's time to move on. Um, <laughs> go oh, down, down the tracks a little bit here. And uh, I think we'll head down the tubes. And again, the Internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. Ooh. Nicely done. Oh, it didn't happen. So, uh, <laughs> well, all Latham doing is just staring at the screen, acting like a, <laughs> some egg-faced kid. I don't know what's going on there. So, uh, <laughs> wow, egg-faced kid. Wow. Some pie, the pie-faced kid, but it uh, looks like he's got a concussion. Wow. So we'll, we'll start with the Indiana Jones posters. Okay. That's good, because we should start with this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell you okay. the ones I love. Don't that, talk about again? anything yet. We got we to gotta get on the same page. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just saying, I'm not going to be overly critical of another artist's work. I'm just going to tell you the ones I love. Oh, I will. Yeah, Latham, do that. Latham will because he's not an artist, so he's critical of everything. Well, I'm an artist, just not a uh, movie poster or visual artist. He's not an artist. Not a, not a, uh, I'll, I'll just fuck off. <laughs> if only. <laughs> Dark. Hassan is trying. Hassan, do you have the posters open? I'm trying. Are your listeners going to have access to the posters? Homo yeah, they're always Rock. posted at the website. Sure. It's just something weird in the first poster that I never noticed before. But whatever. I might because he looks fantastic. But trust him, I'm like, well, all right. What is he I'm leaning the, you know, on? What is that? What it's is like the a post sack. on the bridge. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Oh, is it? But it's just not even torn. Yeah, it looks like an elephant almost. Oh, he's he's definitely not really on the rope bridge there. It's definitely mocked right. in there. He's I know, not. but it looks like I don't know. It's just in, it's, it's not his body. Big. It's not his body from the um, from the movie. Hassan, this is the poster you're talking about when you said, "Oh, he's got a machete." Yes. This is a new movie. That is the poster, unfortunately. Yeah, now Hassan. It was it was a lot more. Um, how would you say this correctly? Crinkled, romantic. When I saw it, it was it was much more dramatic. So yeah. I actually used to own this poster, and I'll tell you a little thing. So on the bottom there, you can see it because of the light when they took the picture of the poster. That sort of black on black pattern mm-hmm. was a spot gloss, and it was the background was all black, but that was a spot gloss pattern. Oh, okay. On the black part of the poster as a hmm. as just sort of a, an interesting little. As the first time I ever saw anything like that in a movie poster. I don't know what that means. Okay. Means that part of it was shiny mm-hmm. and part of it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> this is a good poster. All right. Do you have the posters open now, Hassan? Uh, just just go. So anyway, this first poster obviously is the is the teaser poster that uh, that they produced and ran out in the, in in Q one uh, to show everybody that yes he's back and you can trust him as Dennis says for gay sex. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, I might. He looks really good here. I'm just yeah, saying. I mean, I, 
so next up is the don't, don't uh, trust him. The USA <laughs> poster, which is the, this is, uh, this there is, it is. This is, my, other, this is my poster. This is the my other poster. big release. Yeah, it's just it's just I mean, oh, this yeah. is this is the hero shot. I mean, come on. Yeah, this is this is anyone who's coming this way. You're fucked. You're just fucked. And, and what's so great about this is it. That's the cover of the novel. Also, yes, yes, that's right. I, which I still have my copy. So do I. It's nice. And, uh, you know, what's so great about this is is it doesn't even there's nothing in this in this other than the fact that, you know, when once you see the movie and he's got the the shirt sleeve torn off and he's got the machete, whatever, there's nothing about this him in this particular poster that screams anything about this movie, though. Yeah. And that's it's 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 literally just selling you on Indiana Jones. Yeah, I I disagree. I I think that there is there is a visual vernacular here that says jungle. It says, you know, it says somewhere exotic. That's not the previous location. I think this poster says Raiders. This poster says Raiders more than Temple. Oh, I just, to me, I just, I disagree. Okay, yeah, we disagree. That's fine. Yeah, I think. Uh, And then uh, next up is the USB, which is the, you know, it's the Struzan. The Struzan. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a little hard to go wrong. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't care for this one as much as the last one. I'll be honest. I, I agree with you. I actually prefer the other poster to this one. I mean, this is incredibly well done. I mean, there's sure. no, the guy knows what he's doing. There's no question. Three times. I think I just, I think personally, I prefer posters like the second one where it's just an image that evokes something rather than like, let's give you a bunch of scenes. Uh, yeah. Or the, the talking movie. heads collection. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree with you. Too much either, but... I agree with you. Uh, next up is the UK quad. Mm. which is by the time Man. it was released in the uk you get your you know your little uh pull quotes and whatnot right the hero is back the hero uh and next is from suitable for kids of course it is <laughs> there's definitely no burning hearts yeah, in yeah. this movie or people, at all people bursting quote. into flame in a cage none of that or getting mushed in a roller I mean, come on, dude. Oh, can I say oh, something real he quick? He still died better than he died in the previous movie. Oh, it's yeah. can, I, can I say a real quick thing about that? I have always loved that even after they were fighting, that when that guard gets caught in the, like, the, he's going to he get tried the to roller, help he tries he to help honorably tries to pull him out of there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think there's a real human. And, and then he uses his death to get to that next catwalk. Hey, that, which is, which, which all works, you know? <laughs> Like right. I said, Indiana Jones is a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> Look at how he smiles when he kills people. He loves killing. He liked killing the Nazis more. I he was more reluctant. In, uh... right. <laughs> so, uh, so this is the French poster again. Uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. No, no, no. I don't hate it. It's okay. Uh, I actually just a, I, it's I actually... just a, a mismatch of uh, of of everything from the Struzan poster. Just moved right. around. It, yeah, but there's something about the the, the rendering ap- applique that I I think is a little it's just kind of interesting. I'm not saying it's my favorite or I love yeah. it. It's 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 okay. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is the German poster. Oof. No, no, no. I, I get the concept. That yes. this is not working. The big fist and the, the expression on Harrison yeah. Ford looks like he knows this poster is not working. Well, you know, <laughs> honestly, this looks like they they painted Harrison Ford stunt double and not Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that mm. looks like Roger Moore in the tuxedo. I That's know. what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> this this is awful. It's awful. Uh, next up is the Czechoslovakian poster. Oh Jesus! 
something about this is kind of fun but just having him in the, <laughs> the, the bubble bath of the skull is not that doesn't work yeah it's just <laughs> fucked up dude. i wasn't gonna say anything about these posters but i am apparently like now i am a secret society doorway entrance or something what <laughs> and, oops uh, you and caught the, me and, and then next we have a actually quite tame polish poster uh, comparative to a lot of polish posters we've seen fun kind of fun exactly yeah, yeah dennis is not in on the joke <laughs> no dennis is dennis is aware of polish film posters i'm sure yeah no, I, yeah, yeah it's yeah it's yeah this is pretty this is pretty pretty tame yeah this is pretty toe in the line i mean this we've seen some absolute visual crimes (laughs) i mean look at the kid's foot i mean this is this this is some guy that got to do this in a day and it's for that it's fine exactly uh so first for the artist posters uh is the one by blaine hefner (laughs) wow yeah i mean free mining for kids (laughs) he's just barely missing on Harrison Ford and Kiyu Kwong. So, nah, I don't like this. This one sucks. I don't like this one. Oh, he did a second one. Great. I can not like that one either. Uh, what, could right. you go back to the first one and tell me where you see either one of those actors? Harrison like Ford. Hefner? Yeah. First one? Yeah, The where it says Blaine Hefner 2. Oh, oh. Well, you, well, you jumped to... All right. No, Blaine oh. Hefner 2 is first. Oh, I have Blaine Hefner one is first. It reorganized it. So we oh, want Blaine, Blaine Hefner yeah. two. There's okay. Blaine Hefner and then Blaine Hefner two. I got right, but Blaine Hefner. Hefner. Blaine Hefner two is actually first. Okay, well, I'm looking. It came, at it came up. It oh, came up weird. the other way around. It, it, it came up. Yeah, it came up first for me. Okay, it's a good try here, but the tone is just. I mean, the joke isn't that funny, and the tone. I don't. The, there's a series of posters that people make that are that are for people who love the film not they're not they're not doing the work of a traditional movie poster which right. is telling people about that is what we look that's what we do that's what yeah. we look at and this is different so and this is fine i like this okay. exactly all right so on to the blaine hefner one if you want to call yeah. it one okay yeah which is is he's doing a little bit of a mashup to a throwback style of like an old almost like 50s painted movie poster like the old like uh yeah. like the weird like monster movies and stuff like that no, he doesn't know how to spell Kate Capshaw correctly, so I'm out already. Goodbye. <sighs> Kate Capshaw, I love it. Next is Dan, David. That's Kate Capshaw's stunt double. Dan K. Norris. All right, that's pretty clever. I don't uh, understand uh, this poster. The three lines make up the rope bridge. With the three yeah. lines. Oh, okay. I I did not. Uh, I did not see that. Okay. He also spelled Cape Capshaw right, so I like this one. Oh, right. oh, he's in then. Good for him. Cape Cape Capshaw. Learn to spell. Not too tough. Harrison Foyd. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next is Eric Tan doing a tiki style. Yeah. <laughs> this is cute. That's what I thought too. Yeah. It's cute. It's fun. Uh, next is a uh, uh, guy goes by the name Geeky Illustrator. <laughs> uh, I mean, the concepts are a little muddled. Yeah, muddled's a great word for this. Just muddled. Again, but I like the I like the style. It's fun. I think it's you know cute. It, there's a he, he, they they have four of them, one for each film. So good try. Is this is this somebody's friend? No, no, oh, no. Man, okay, all right, oh, all right, just check. He is somebody's check. friend. So next okay. is next is here. next is one of a triptych by Jack Durie. A triptych? What's a triptych? It's three pieces that work together, pieces. meaning three. Okay. Triptych three, 
But how, how old you mean like the was this a triptych? Try? Yeah, Lay. Try, like triangle. Oh, well, I tried and I don't like this one. Yeah. Well, Why, how was this a triptych? Uh, they didn't include, they did, he did one for each of the three films. Got it. Got it. And they all work together. Okay. Yes, so this is yes, one, this is the, one of the triptych. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, there were a lot understood. of trip. There were a lot of triptychs and I, I pulled the temple of doom image out of a few okay. of them, but not a lot of them. You know, that's funny about this character. Every Asian person I know that's my age has no problem with this. Or they enjoy, they enjoy this character. Yes, and I wonder what younger audiences, especially uh, of people sure. of Asian descent, would would feel about this, because he's so gosh darn cute, and he's just he right. just does so gosh darn well. well I mean, kid. To, to, I mean, obviously kicks, Paloma has no issue, right? And the character kicks ass. Obviously, yeah, Paloma has no kid. issue. Yeah, but Paloma's not woke. She's a little kid. She doesn't know what the hell it's talking about. Oh, fair enough. Uh, uh, so next is a piece by Matt Ferguson, and he's going in the wrong direction. Yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> it's clever, but you know, is it a poster? Not really. So it's it's a it's a poster for people who love the film and, and yeah. want it. Yeah, you're right. Not a movie. not a movie poster. A poster. Just a poster. Just a poster. I like that. It's a post poster. I like that very much. There you go. Uh, next is a piece by Maxime Picourt. Yeah, I'm liking this one a little bit, but not a lot. Shocker. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're being clever with the three lines on the stone, I guess. Uh, all kinds of objects from the movie, and you shaped them out. Okay. I you know, that's, another, that's another thing. This film, the arc is such an incredible archetypal image. Yeah, yeah for sure. And these are just rocks. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that it does, yeah. It, it, you know, it's a, it's a thing. It's a, it's a, it's a it you is. know, it's a, it's a thing. Uh, next is a piece by Mike Vaughn. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like it's a lot of stuff going on. version of the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom poster. Is this a newer poster or is this back in the day? You know what? I honestly couldn't <clears throat> find an answer to that question. I, I, I think it's a newer poster or maybe okay. from a re-release. I, I don't think it's an official release. I think he put it together. Okay. So there's okay. a lot of uh, spoilers in this poster. Yep. Next, next is a piece by Nick Charge. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, I've got I have got something to say about this piece. I like this piece a lot. I think that the rendering itself is is pretty great. I think that the 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 if I may say the misstep here is that Indy is shot from a low angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Molaram is shot from a regular sort of flat medium shot angle. It and work. it looks like Indy is leaning on Molaram's shoulder. Yeah, it looks for, like comfort. <laughs> <laughs> and, and oh mola you kill me <laughs> no like hell, hell i'm so tired man help me out help me out uh so but i like this but i still like this a lot yeah nick does nice work wait a minute wait a minute did, did i include the nostromo lego picture with I you guys i'm small man right see that. Now. Oh. all right so i don't no. see it never mind Cute. next one i have is paul man what's that lay Shield monkey brains. What are we on? Paul Mann? Paul Mann. I mean, I like it. We were, it's, fir- it's, we're finally seeing the Maharaja, the the guy with the whip. That's don't say them, don't say the M word. That's what gets them banned. Yeah, 
this is a, obviously a throwback what? style to like that's a, the word a that a got 60s. them banned in India, Maharaja. Well, one of the things. It's one of the things. I think there were several other things. Mm-hmm. This is obviously a throwback paperback style. Yeah, uh, Paul, Paul like Mann does beautiful oil paintings of uh, in this style. Oh, oh that's funny films. because. Because back, this doesn't look like oil to me. Because back then, uh, you know, form follows function. One of the reasons why the style sort of emerged in the paperback field was because they had to produce these things quick. So they began using gouache. Oh, uh, okay. And some some acrylics, and so yeah, that's why you have this very fast. Everything's not super blended. Uh, everything is just sort of put down very quickly. Dry, dry brush. Um, so it's interesting that he goes back and tries to replicate that with oils. It's funny. Yeah, uh, you, this is you, a lot of fun. If you go back, if you go to his site, he has a lot of really, really beautiful pieces. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna copy, copy some of his style. I'm a, I'm a big fun of Paul Mann stuff. I don't like um, the plane. Okay, the what? plane. Why are you putting the plane? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's fun. Oh, I love when they used to do stuff like that in paperbacks. So like, exactly. It's just a miniature plane. Damn thing. Not Reminds me of the old like destroyer uh, paperback. Covers. Yeah, exa- exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, is this a miniature plane flying? Through? I guess it is. All right. Uh, so next is a piece by Technotic. Just simple. Saul Bassey. What are you going to do? Wrong hand. All right. Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, I'm the one who overdid it? Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Any one I can make, I don't like. Let's I can't on. tell if this is a Super Bowl trophy or if this is a heart. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's that's my Latham comment for this particular uh, episode. I don't like it one either, so I'm with you. All right, so this one is for Latham. Yeah, I mean, Which this one is we're like about now? Uh, is unknown like, one with scissors. <laughs> I mean, the scissors yeah. funny. This is really esoteric. Yes, <laughs> dumb. Get this off my screen. I don't like any of these. Uh, this is this 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 is the tenth poster you buy if you're a real fan. Oh yeah, no, no. you have you have this, all the this other. Is, ones. This is just shits and giggles. This is you know one of a hundred minimalist posters I found. So, and, well, I want to uh, say real quick of the minimalist yeah. posters, I like the Maxime Picourt the best. Yes, and of the original painted posters, I probably like the Paul Mann one the best. Okay, yeah, all right, fair there enough. You go. Whatever that whatever that's worth. So uh, at this point, Dennis, uh, now that we've finished with the posters, uh, normally we would jump into our martini, which is where we discuss um, where your primary film choice lands in your ranking of that particular director's library. So like, okay. uh, so for example, what's, what's your favorite Spielberg film? My, mine? Yeah. Is it Temple of think. Doom? Let me think. Let me think. So anything like better than Temple of Doom? Yes. It's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. All right, we've we've done one other Spielberg film. One or have we done two? One. Just we've done just one. No, didn't is... we do Close Encounters? No, no, not yet. We didn't. Oh, we did not do that one. Oh, I can't wait to hear you talk about that ending. Yeah. So someday someone will pick it, I'm sure. Um I'll pick it. So my so my personal is Jaws. Uh I think that's his the you know, I don't think that's necessarily him reaching the pinnacle of his career, but for me. But that's my favorite. That's my favorite film of his overall. Depending, also my daughter's favorite Spielberg film. Depending on my mood, I feel that you cannot. It's really, really difficult to top Saving Private Ryan and or Schindler's List. Uh, well, I think I think that those those are my top three 
uh, pretty Those much hands, hands down. Um, I know that these uh, other two gentlemen feel differently. Oh, should I have given you my top three? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Top five. Uh, just favorites. Probably uh, in order is tough. Okay. So it's probably Temple of Doom. Actually, it's probably Temple of Doom Raiders and then Jaws. Oh, okay. There, there you go. A sleeper. I look, I love I love Raiders. Sleeper, Dennis. I'm sorry? A sleeper. Give me a sleeper by him that you really like the most people. Uh, a sleeper. You know what? I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for Catch Me If You Can. Which I don't which I think is a flawed movie in different ways. I like that movie I, a lot. Yeah. Uh I I think that Money Pit, Spielberg, you know, small scale Spielberg. The, the, you know, there's some artists that, you know, they're just better at certain things. I think Spielberg may tend to be better at big giant adventure spectacle um, and small movies. He may have some trouble with, uh, but I, I like that movie a lot. OK, that's fair enough. I think, you know, it, it, <clears throat> and looking looking at the Rotten Tomatoes ratings of these, I mean, you look at you look at a movie like Hook. You know, mm. critics number is 29 on that, but the fan number is 76. Wow. wow. Some people love that movie. It's I don't. Decent. Yeah, it's it's uh, again, that's another that that's heavily maligned. You, but you know, I mean, you look at 1941 and your numbers are a lot closer. You have 42 and 48. So that's a more, right. you know, Not I mean, really most, a great most, movie. Right. But most people, most people consider that to be his, you know, of 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 his all the films he's best known for they consider that to be the low end. I mean, I've never disliked any of his films. Right. Just, out, out, just outright disliked them. There's always been, they've always been pretty good. Even at the at worst, it's pretty good. Right. Right. I agree. Lay, what's your, yours is Close Encounters number one, yeah. right? Close Encounters for sure. E.T. is close. E.T. is a weird movie. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually just caught like the last 40 minutes of that recently. And I had, which and I haven't seen that movie in probably twenty years, and uh, I gotta say, I mean, it the the ending didn't hit me any differently. No, than is that than good it, or bad? What does that mean? I mean, I, it affected me the same way it did when oh, I sure. when I saw the movie. I didn't I didn't need to see the first two hours to set the hook. Like it literally, the ending is is strong enough to where right. you can I walk agree. in on it, and it's going to affect you. I think it's much more important to, in terms of the overall impression of a film, to end it well. If a film is a little wobbly in the middle, but it ends real strong, people are going to walk away feeling really satisfied. It's, it's, it's really mainly movies that sort of like start, the ones that frustrate me the most are the ones that start off really well and sort of devolve and end, like they don't, <laughs> it ends badly. It seem to be most movies, especially these days, they start off great. Sure. Concept. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree, brother. They, they, blow, they blow it. Yeah. People have a real people have a real problem, and I, my people, I mean, people creating, you know, screenwriters and 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 uh, creators of that nature for not, you know, tele across the television spectrum. People have a real problem creating endings these days, and I and I don't, I never seem to really notice it as much when I was growing up. But it just seems like that, you know, you'll you'll have a great movie that's that's 80 percent great. And then you'll get to the, to the last bit. And it's just like they just couldn't figure it out. And they just kind of like said, OK, we'll punt. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's, and it's kind of everything is everything is front loaded. 
You yes. know, everything is so you're yes. you're kicking the ball down the road, right? It's like we'll we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. We'll the shit. We got an hour left. Now yeah, we got to figure. Yeah, we got seven minutes left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of movies we've had on here. The third act is just a a disaster. Just a just a doesn't right. betrays the the first two parts and yeah. I agree. Well, uh, Dennis, uh, my friend, thank you. Thanks thank for, you. Uh, this, is a, this is a great pleasure. Thanks for thanks for coming on and hanging out with us. Appreciate you staying up late. Where is Dennis? I'm in Nyack. He's uh, I'm in New York. He's yeah, sort I'm, I'm, of but... he's sort of halfway between me and Hassan. Gotcha. Give or take. So um, when all this is over, I'll have you guys over. Well, you can come and join my bar and hang out. And that's right, the tiki bar. I'll cook. I'll cook for you guys. We'll we'll have a day. We'll have a day of it. Anyway, thanks again, Dennis. Appreciate it. You're and, very uh, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely have you back, and you can bring us two more uh, two more nuggets. Let me, let me know when this is going up, so I can uh, so I can uh, post it on the social medias and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be a couple of weeks because I'm 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 behind a couple episodes editing, so it'll probably be at least uh, a couple of weeks. But I'll let you know. I, I always tag people, and, and so they always see it and stuff. Yeah, Lay. No, I cool. think goodbye. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Hi, everyone. I just want to say bye, Dennis, and thank him. Thanks, Dennis. It's nice to Good meet to you. See you again, it was, Dennis. It was a pleasure. Good to see you too. Then we'll Good get together you, when all this, uh, when the world's normal again. You got it, pal. Yeah. All right. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks to Fesleyan Music. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can always listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at Cinemental Pod. For Hassan Godwin, Lathan Conger III, Dennis Calero, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and adventurer archaeologist, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.